0: Welcome to the latest episode of The Switch, where we dive deep into the world of entrepreneurship and uncover the secrets of achieving success on your terms. Today, we have a truly extraordinary episode in store for you. We've called this episode The Buzz, and we have a special guest who knows a thing or two about that entrepreneurial energy. If you dream of breaking free from the shackles of traditional nine-to-five jobs or forging your own path, this is an episode you can't afford to miss. Here are four key reasons why you need to tune in. Number one. Decide your destiny and your own hours. Are you tired of living on someone else's terms? In this episode, we'll explore why working for yourself is a non-negotiable for our guest and imagine shaping your destiny schedule and being able to work from anywhere. Number two, be an expert in anything. Forget about barriers to entry. Unlock the secrets of acquiring knowledge and skills and enabling you to break into new industries and thrive. Embrace the limitless possibilities that await when you believe in your ability to conquer any field. Number three, create a clear vision. Success begins with a clear vision. Join us as we delve into the importance of focusing on the end point and crafting a compelling vision for your entrepreneurial journey and aligning your actions with your ultimate purpose. And number four, unleash your superpowers. Prepare to be inspired as we hear the incredible story of Caro, Learn how to harness your unique qualities to excel in self-employment. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Throughout this episode, we'll also cover topics like not wasting a second of your working career, breaking down gender barriers in tech, and why success in academia is not a requirement for business success. We'll reveal how you can access everything you need to run a small business in one place and share tips to stay on track when life throws you a curveball. So if you're ready to break free from the ordinary, unlock your full potential and create a life of purpose and fulfillment, join us on this incredible self-employment journey. It's time to step into your power, avoid overwhelm and embrace entrepreneurship. Please give a warm welcome to Caroline Sison, the owner of Pocket PA. Caro, thank you so much for joining us on The Switch. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, G. Let's dive in. So Caro, we met on a juice retreat. We know each other reasonably well. Um... And since then, we've created a business relationship. So we're going to focus on that today. And there was something that I read on your website when we first met, which was around if your business isn't lighting you up, something has to change. And that really spoke to me. Has that been a mantra that has driven you in your entrepreneurial
1: career to date? It has, absolutely. I believe that life is not a dress rehearsal and we are just on this planet once. And it's really important that we enjoy what we do every single day. So as we spend a lot of our day, every single day working, it's really important that you pick something that really lights you up and hopefully ignites a passion in you, which you can then transmit and shine your light brightly into the world. I love that.
0: Now, you've created many businesses, which we'll we'll delve into a bit deeper as we go through the interview.
1: But can you give us just a flavour of the various fields you've worked in? Golly, yes. So I started at university training to be a physiotherapist and I qualified four years later as a chartered physiotherapist. So something totally different to what I'm doing now. And I worked for a while in the NHS. I love the NHS, huge supporter and fan base of the NHS. And then I had a young family and decided to work privately and have my own physiotherapy practice. And I did that for eight years and while that was running I wanted a new challenge and decided three years into having my physio practice that I wanted to start building a property portfolio and I realised I wasn't terribly equipped to understand how property investment worked so I decided to train as a mortgage broker to really understand the ins and outs of how the financial services industry worked in mortgages. So I did my CMAP exams very quickly, trained as a mortgage broker and qualified and started Started working in financial services delivering uh, mortgages to people alongside my physiotherapy practice so I was spinning a couple of plates at that point I then started purchasing properties began my investment career as a portfolio landlord and also started building I was investing developing building and having my own portfolio I then sold my physiotherapy practice after eight years and then focused mainly on the property stuff and it was from there that I've been doing that for the last 20 plus years before I pivoted into Pocket PA, which is my baby now. That's my current one.
0: Wow. And that's a, a really impressive lineup. And I hope that gives people inspiration that don't pigeonhole yourself, think outside the box. So I know that you're a huge champion of self employment. Why is that?
1: I think because I've worked for myself for the last 30 years, I can't imagine working in a corporate background it all seems totally foreign to me so i like to build my own empire i like to work on my own terms i don't like being restrained by working hours coming into an office So for me, it's a really good fit to be able to be in charge of my own destiny and have my own autonomy to decide my hours, when and where I work, how I work. I'm a big traveller, so I like to work remotely. And for me, I really wanted to just be able to have an internet connection and to be able to hook up wherever I was in the world. And thankfully, there are very many places now that I can do that from. Fantastic.
0: That sounds very inspiring. Now, you started many businesses. What is it that inspires you to start a new venture? Do you find yourself looking at everything with an entrepreneurial mindset? Is that sort of standard for you?
1: Yes. So I have three big businesses that I've had with my physio practice, my mortgage broking and property stuff, and now my software company. But alongside that, I've had numerous side hustles. I'm a serial side hustler, I think. Just to name a few, I've had a baby massage business, I've had a craft business, I've had a spray tan business, I've had a pancake business, an online photo editing business. So I do love a, a good small business. But I just see so much potential and I can't work out which one I want to do. So I just do whatever I fancy as and when I come across it, I, I guess. I love that.
0: And are you somebody who, are you sort
1: of naturally restless or get bored
0: easily? Are those things that are familiar with you?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I had a diagnosis last year for um, autism, ASD, and I think that really put everything into perspective Everything that I've done, I do with huge gusto. I don't see any barriers to entry. I am a little bit naive sometimes going into things, believing that I'll be able to do anything and everything. And so I think once I got that diagnosis last year, it really put into focus why I have this restlessness, why I have this passion and drive to do things even against the odds. And I put that down, you know, I don't want to call ASD a superpower, but I believe that it's one of the traits that I have, which has enabled me to do so many things. Absolutely fascinating.
0: How do you sustain your interest and energy in each business?
1: So I go very narrow and deep into something so I don't just look at things superficially and the further I get and the deeper I get into it, the more I become fascinated by it. So again, I don't know if that's attributed to, to the ASD but I just get my interest captured and then I just go very narrow and deep into something and there's usually just so many layers which enable me to keep learning and I am a passionate lifelong learner. I really believe that if we're not growing, we're dying, we need to keep developing our own knowledge base because knowledge is power and i have a huge belief that we we there's so much that we don't know we we just have to keep learning and uncovering in order to grow and i don't know what i don't know but there's an awful lot more that i don't know than i do know so the only way i can i can increase that knowledge is by books podcasts listening learning from people experiences and just growing that as a person fantastic now you mentioned that if something isn't lighting you up
0: you can change it over the years, when something is no longer lighting you up, how have you made that decision? And when do you know it's the right time to move on and how do you transition out of something?
1: I think the best example I can give would be from my physio practice. I absolutely loved physio. I loved helping people. I was really invested in them improving and getting better and getting their pain under control and them moving on and being rehabilitated. But I found when I was seeing people day in, day out and... It's not just, you know, hands on treatment. You're also listening to people's other problems and those sorts of things, which I absolutely loved. I loved that confidentiality and that sharing environment that we had. But I think it got to a point where I was seeing patients back to back. And when people came in and I asked those questions, how are you compared to last time? And when people were sort of saying, oh, it's a bit this or it's a bit that, I realised I wasn't caring as much as I used to. And I am one of those people that is all in. I'm all, all or nothing. And once I'd lost that spark and I didn't feel as invested as I was with their recovery, I knew I wasn't delivering the best level of service that I could. And that for me was my switch point that decided it's not lighting me up in the way that it used to. It didn't mean that I didn't still care and I wasn't still good at it. But I realized that there were new horizons for me to be able to explore. And I wanted something to be connected with what I did every day that lit me up and got me up and out of bed every morning because I get up every day and feel passionate about what I want to do. And if that passion wasn't there for me, then I was wasting another minute. Absolutely.
0: It's so interesting to hear you speak. So you mentioned you started various different businesses and you mentioned that you never saw barriers to entry, that was one of your superpowers. So what do you think is the magic ingredient that draws customers to a new business and creates the foundations for
1: success? So I think these barriers to entry, when I decided to make Pocket PA, I had no coding or background experience in software, no technical background, but it didn't occur to me that that wouldn't be a good fit for a business. I could see the end outcome that I wanted to deliver, which was enabling micro business owners, solopreneurs, to be able to manage their businesses seamlessly, have a 360 view and understand everything that was going on in their business without any jargon. And because I could see that so clearly, All I could see was that end point and I knew where I was now. And I didn't even stop to look at that gap analysis about what was involved, which, as I say, that was very naive back then. But I think in hindsight, if I'd seen that huge gap, I probably would never have started. So for those people that might procrastinate and sit on the sideline weighing all things up, which is a very valid step and it is really important for big business decisions. Unfortunately, I just jumped in with both feet and could only see that end result and just kept asking my question every day. Well, how do I get one step closer and who do I need to speak to today that will enable me to get on the road, to get the wireframes done, to get the first level of design done, for us to be able to take it to the developer? It's all of those steps. I could just see it all in my mind's eye, but I couldn't see any of those barriers to think, what the heck am I doing? I don't have any experience. None of that was cognizant to me on a conscious level. So I was just driving forwards. And I think the more focused that you are on the end result, perhaps the less you focus on any of those barriers. I'm not quite sure because that's the only way I've ever operated. Wow. So talking
0: of pivotal moments, there have been lots of them in your life. What would you say is one that really
1: pushed you to a new level? I think it was the one that turned me into the software founder for Pocket PA. It was so groundbreaking for me to try something that I'd never done before. And it just happened after seven little words came out of my own daughter's mouth. And she said, Mum, I want to work for myself. And that was that pivotal moment that I was so passionate and excited that she might be following on in those footsteps. But as a teenager, she was 19. She had never been taught how to run a business and didn't know all of the steps that was going to be involved but i didn't want that to stop her from that brave step and i was so passionate that she was going to be successful that she was going to have a life of abundance that she would be able to work for herself forever that i was just searching around thinking well what are the things that might hamper her from being able to have that life that she wants to live and because she has dyscalculia she struggles with numbers finance She'd never been shown how to run a business. I knew that those could potentially be big barriers. So I began due diligence, looking for a tool for her to use. I was searching for the different things that would enable her to be successful. And I could find at least 50 different apps and softwares, platforms, things that would all do a strand of what she needed in order to be successful as a solopreneur. But there was nothing being delivered in a language that I knew she would understand with her dyscalculia, with her scarcity of time. All of those different things that were going to be everyday challenges and so when i couldn't find it i just thought well how hard can that be i'll make it for her i know exactly what she needs i'm going to join up those dots and deliver it out for her in a way that i know she'll understand i'll keep asking her do you get this do you understand this she was going to be my, my model that I was going to be making it for. So I began making pocket PA for her in order for her to use in her business to be able to deliver her business successfully and still be going in 12 months because I knew at the end of 12 months if she wasn't managing the money she wouldn't have a business to carry on and she would have to be employed and she probably wouldn't have the confidence to go back in and revisit that for herself.
0: Wow, that's an amazing pivotal moment and your daughter's very lucky to have a mum like you who's so supportive and invested in her getting the right outcome for herself. But it's interesting to me that schools don't really educate people to be self-employed.
1: I think there's lots of reasons for that. I think we've got a very old-fashioned system of schooling where the teachers are already very pressured into the curriculum that they're delivering and I don't think that there's been a really a big 2.0 update of what kids need these days in schools. We are living in a really fast paced society, technology has moved on massively and the stresses and strains of kids leaving school are so different to what they were 5, 10, 15 years ago and unfortunately I don't think the actual curriculum has kept up with the actual needs of what kids want when they leave school and certainly for those that aren't book smart and academic, they may well feel that they don't fit in, they disengage with school they're seen as perhaps not going to amount to anything and therefore if they don't feel that they're being invested in or believed in or whatever they would naturally disengage however when you're a square peg and you're being pushed into this round hole it's you know we don't have squircles we have squares and we have circles and you know squircles aren't on our horizon and it's perfectly fine to be a square there is a place for squares in the world just as there is a place for circles and for those kids that don't fit in academically they're often perfectly well suited to being self-employed. They often have that internal locus of control and they are able to self-motivate themselves because they are really driven by external things like money and success and what they see on social media, that sort of thing. So they're really well positioned they often think very creatively to be able to be perfect entrepreneurs and self-employed business owners. And unfortunately, we're not giving kids an education to equip them to be self-employed when they leave school, which is something that I would really like to get involved in helping you know, shape that plan. Because if I hadn't created Pocket PA for Megan, she probably wouldn't have taken that step, had the courage, understood her finances, been able to carry on. And it would have been a completely different outcome for her. But there are hundreds and thousands, if not millions of people like Megan. And I don't want any other kid to have a parent that might say, don't be ridiculous. What do you know about working for yourself? You need to just get on with getting a job, earning some money and moving on in life. If you are self employed, you are incredibly brave to take that step, to believe in yourself. And we should be doing all that we can to equip them, support them, give them tools to be able to deliver self employment in a way that they understand it. And for Megan, the unlocking factor was colour. She was able to, I was able to deliver Pocket PA in a colour version that she could equate her metrics and her numbers of finances and things in a colourful way that she immediately connected with and so she can understand at a glance exactly how her business is doing and she looks at pocket pa numerous times through the day she's always checking her cash flow she knows to the penny exactly what her net position is whereas most business owners don't have a clue to the nearest thousand pounds because they're relying on you know different accountancy software tools that they perhaps don't engage with on a really regular basis things aren't connected up to clients appointments and billing and things in the same way that i've tried to deliver in pocket pa
0: I can completely relate to that because, as I say, I I launched a juice business a decade ago and I was running it from an Excel spreadsheet and I'm not particularly great at Excel. So yeah, I think if I'd have had some access to something like that and the other comment you made around there are lots of tools, but which ones should you invest in? And they don't speak to each other. So you might have to look in one place for one piece of information, another for another, and then you get fatigued
1: with doing that all of the time. So having everything in one place, I think sounds absolutely fantastic. I think it's about joining up those dots. You're absolutely right, G. There isn't a great emphasis on joining up the dots between tools. There's talk about, you know, putting APIs in to integrate things and stuff. But why not have a tool that's got everything that you need, just the bare minimum of what you need? Because, you know, with any of those accountancy software tools, she wouldn't have needed 90% of what was in them. And the jargon and the words that they use overwhelmed her. So she needed 10% of what they were delivering. She probably would only have used 5%. And I keep saying to small business owners, it's not just about what's on the bottom of your bank balance. The bank statements just give you one small snapshot of where you are at that moment in time. But you've got to start to look at trends and peaks and troughs of what's going on in your business. And the more data that you collect, the more well equipped you're going to be because you can't manage what you don't measure. So every business owner should be really up to speed. And the smaller you are, the more au fait you should be with your figures and your numbers. And it's not just something for other people. You've got to be on top of those things if you really want to grow and scale as a small business owner. Absolutely.
0: So you mentioned that you didn't personally see many barriers or did you have
1: any anxieties at all with this kind of thing, switching at this stage? I think when I began the software journey, I was just overwhelmed with excitement. I just have this passion that I could just really see what she needed. I wanted to make it as fast as possible. I went in incredibly trusting without any background experience, not realising what a lion's den the whole tech industry is. 98% of the tech industry seemed to be male. And so I was in a very tiny minority of women that were stepping into that space, women of a certain age because of um, the age I was when I began it. Even smaller numbers, I wasn't some hit 20-year-old female jumping into it with loads of enthusiasm. I was a 40-plus something woman, a mum of four, wanting to make something for my daughter. So it might sound incredibly self-indulgent that I was making a software tool for my daughter, but that was all I could see at that point in time. I was just so passionate and I needed to get it to Megan as quickly as possible because she was starting her business and every moment that I wasted was a second that she could decide that she didn't want to carry on because she was getting overwhelmed. And when she began, she started off with a golden filofax. This was her like whole prized possession. She had all of her business information in it, her appointments, all of her client details. And I was just terrified she was going to leave this golden filofax on a bus or somewhere. Someone was going to steal it. And then what what was she going to do with her business? How would she move forward? So I was just on a mission on a rush 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 that was where I was so yeah I wasn't looking to any of these barriers to entry and you've mentioned a few times you could see things so clearly
0: with all of your career moves and businesses that you've launched has that been a theme of is
1: it something that you can see is it visualization yes everything I just see it in my mind's eye and I just as I said before go narrow and deep into that niche So when I opened my first physiotherapy practice, I wanted to be accredited almost straight away. I had only just literally opened the practice and I was already joining the P, the Organisation of Chartered Physios in Private Practice. I wanted to know what their accreditation process was. I just wanted to be overqualified, super into the whole stream of things to make sure that I was flying the mast at the highest standard that I could. That's just a typical um, trait of mine that I want to make sure I'm doing something and doing it to the best of my ability.
0: So you mentioned the,
1: the dragon's
0: den of the, t- the tech world or the lion's den. Tell us a bit about the journey then, because
1: it sounds all plain sailing and smooth. Is that the case? Absolutely not. No, I could have given up at least three or four times on this journey. And there were moments where I just thought, oh, my Lord, I don't think I can carry on with this anymore. And, you know, I'm going to wake up in the morning. No one will know that Pocket PA was on its way. The world's not going to miss it. I think I should just call it quits. But there was always something in me that just knew I needed to keep going. I closed my eyes and kept thinking I could be just around the corner from that breakthrough. Just go a little bit more and thankfully the universe would bring me something that would turn the tables and enable me to do that. But certainly the very first time I began with a developer, um, I had trusted somebody very naively paid an awful lot of money across. I kept being advised that I was going to have this amazing platform uh, developed. It was was actually an app that I was developing at the time that was the first iteration and I didn't see anything, just a few sketches, and I kept being told as I was paying the money over, oh, I'm going to give a big reveal. And naively, I thought that this was how things were done. I didn't have anything, any benchmark to compare it. So I was paying more and more money across and I was told that it was all going to be delivered before my big launch at the NEC in Birmingham, that I was going to a trade show. I'd got the t-shirts printed, we'd got a stand booked and I was told it was going to be delivered two weeks beforehand and I would be able to do its big launch and two weeks before the guy delivered nothing and I realised that there was nothing and stupidly i had been duped and hadn't checked in and got all of the different milestones that should have been delivered to me and there was nothing and i literally was mortified i was devastated and the kids didn't know what to do they didn't know how to rescue me and i stayed in bed for two days and was thinking what the hell (laughs) And I was just so angry. Two days later, I woke up and I said to Megan, right, we're going to go up there, put your big girl pants on, we're going to put the t-shirts on, we're going to stand on the stand and we're going to tell everyone this is the pre-launch party for Pocket PA and we're going to use it as our sort of research phase. And that's what we did. And 300 people spoke to us at the pre-launch party and told us that they thought it was amazing what I was doing and they would love to use a tool like that. And I came away with some email addresses and confirmation for me that it wasn't just Megan that I was building this for. And so it wasn't a wasted opportunity. It was a huge amount of money, which I didn't bother going after the guy, which I probably should have. But I didn't want to expend negative energy on something which I just wanted to refocus and start building again. So I raided the piggy banks, had to find some more saving because, of course, I'm self-funding all of this and began a new journey, started with a new set of developers, put everything into my company name this time, put all of the GitLabs bit buckets, everything that I needed technically into my name so that I could see things. I didn't know what they were, but I could see things being built on a platform that I owned and started again. And I've had six or seven developers over the six years I've been going, but I've been with my current team for the last three to four years and they've been incredible. And they're really the ones that have brought this current version, this 3.1 version to market. And I've been really lucky to have finally got through all of the weeds to, to have this point where I've got a platform I'm really plow- proud of. So have there been any other challenges perhaps more recently? when i found my existing developers they were based in the ukraine and you have to have been living under a rock if you haven't known recent events so last year was a not a catastrophic year because we got through it but it was a massive curveball we were due to launch in the ukraine we'd had the whole of pocket pa translated into ukrainian i was working with my developers and they were going to be taking the license on to launch it into pocket pa everywhere that they went where they talked about the software journey that they'd been on people kept saying why isn't pocket pa available in the ukraine so we We decided that we would make it available and we had it ready to launch in March of 2022 and obviously in February Mr Putin marched his boots in and we decided that it wasn't the right moment. So the most important thing last year was getting all of our developers safe um, and secure so that they weren't in any danger. So that took a huge amount of diversion of energy for us to really um, be concerned with them. So there was very slow growth last year while we were dealing with the sort of safety of our tech team over there and that wasn't anything that was on my horizon. And this is often a curveball that comes in for self-employed business owners, but not of that magnitude always. So we had to put all of the pocket PA that had been translated and was about to be marketed on hold. And you know, it's it's ready waiting for when Ukraine is getting up and ready. But certainly for those Ukrainians that have come over to the UK, we've certainly seen people signing up for pocket PA in the UK, being able to receive and use it in Ukrainian, which I feel has been my small contribution to supporting them coming over to the UK for the 100,000 that have come over and are now trying to make their way being self-employed in the Ukraine but I'm pleased to say that all of my team is safe some of them are at different places in Europe now but we've been able to carry on and continue to support them in in their journey and making sure that they're safe. I'm really pleased to hear that
0: and as you say curveballs can come from any direction so yeah well done for for steering through that, that difficult time. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think often we interview people who are extremely successful and sometimes it feels like a leap too far for somebody else to make. But sharing the challenges, the peaks, the troughs financially, mentally, all of those challenges that you face and kept going, it's the resilience that really counts. So what would you say to people listening who might be considering a big leap in their own careers and their own lives? What would you say is one key thing that you've learned from your own experiences across many businesses
1: in setting up in a new field? There is no perfect pathway. You're going to come across challenges. There's going to be curveballs, but they are part of the journey. And I think unless we start enjoying the journey a bit more, it doesn't matter where the destination is. It's all about the journey because we're so much longer on that journey, reaching that destination. And it's got to be about something that engages you and that you feel passionate about. Otherwise, what is the point? (laughs) You know, going back to my point at the beginning, we're not on a dress rehearsal. This is the one crack that we have at life. And I'm a great believer in doing something for as long as we really enjoy it and then reviewing things and making iterations and pivoting and making that switch when we need to because it's so vital that we're engaged with what we're delivering. People pick that up when we're passionate about what we're delivering. And you've got to be authentic. And people have so many cues that they pick up when people are talking to them it's not just about the words that come out of their mouth they've got to really feel that they can trust you and that doesn't come across if you're not being authentic and you're not engaged with what you're wanting to deliver so it's it's vital we we should never be waking up in the morning to do a job that we hate it's such a waste of a life absolutely so pocket pa is all about
0: helping business owners avoid overwhelm is that something that you'd experience personally
1: Absolutely. So when you are a small business owner, you're the CEO or the heo of your business and you are wearing all of those hats. And particularly when you're that solopreneur, nothing happens unless you're doing it. So you're going to be the PR manager, the marketing person, you're going to be the bookkeeper, the receptionist, the deliverer of the service or the maker of the goods if you're selling something, the coordinator, the chief operations person, you have so many different hats. And you do not switch off. You're not on a nine to five. You're literally on a 24-7, 365. Even when you're away on your holiday, you're often still thinking about your business if you're really following your passion. So there isn't really a time for business owners to switch off and they often miss out on evenings out. They can't get to places on time. Families and weekends and stuff often go on a back burner because there is just so much to do. And particularly in the early years when they're getting started, uh, there is a lot of overwhelm. So just from my own experience and also from seeing Megan, she was regularly messaging clients in evenings. She was doing bookkeeping at weekends. She was coordinating appointments, all of those sorts of things. There are numerous pressures. So what I was looking to do was to find something that could leverage her time, that she could do some set and forget features to enable her to look incredibly professional, tap into some of the tools that the perhaps salons or the bigger companies might be using to enable her to have access to those sorts of features and to be able to deliver that out of pocket PA. So an example for that might be, you know, when we go to the doctor or the dentist, we make an appointment. They send us a reminder message to remind us to go because they don't want us missing those appointments because it's going to cost the money if we if we don't turn up it's no different even more important when you're a solo business owner that you have that person turn up for your slot to be able to maximize your time and earn that money, because if a client doesn't come, it's likely that they're not going to pay you. And so I wanted her to be able to have a set and forget feature where she could send a bespoke text message or an email to remind clients to come the day before or a few hours before or whatever. And it would just give them that nudge so that she minimized her no shows or cancellations. It's worked like a dream. And she has set up her message, and Pocket PA sends it out. And her clients love it. They feel that she's this super professional. They don't often think that, oh, Megan hasn't sent that message to me you know that they really feel engaged with her she sends a thank you message afterwards to thank them for coming such a nice little touch that she can set up she just sets it up once and it automates and it leverages her time so when she's busy working and seeing her clients all of those messages are being sent out online booking another thing she can wake up in the morning and find that three clients have booked in most people do their life admin after hours sort of between 8 p.m and 8 a.m when they go to work but Megan doesn't want to be taking messages from clients organizing those sorts of things so for her to be able to put her appointments diary up in an online way on her social media platforms it means that everyone can book in at a time that's convenient for them and they can book in and see all her slots that she's got available and she doesn't need to do that hands-on thing so those small things make a massive difference when you're juggling everything and you know income and expenses we don't want to be having to open up our computer scanning stuff in categorizing things at weekends that isn't how we operate anymore we work in a very fast-paced society where do we do everything on our mobile phone so with pocket pa being a web-based app she'll literally go into a shop spend some money open her phone app up and she will take a photo of the receipt she'll pop it in even with my fat fingers i can't make it last more than 30 seconds adding in an expense and doing it on the go when she's out and about in that moment means she doesn't have to worry about lost receipts sitting in the bottom of a handbag in her footwell of her car those sorts of things people don't do it because it's a faff and so they put them all into a pile into a shoebox, into the bottom of a carrier bag and give them to their accountant and then they're landed with a a large-ish bookkeeping bill which they don't need to have because they've got this accessible tool business mileage tracking it's another one that most small business owners don't bother doing because it's a faff and a hassle in pocket pa you press the directions button to be able to get directions to go to your appointment and before it even starts, it says, do you want to track this as business mileage? By clicking yes, it will tell you that's, you know, 17 miles. That means that you can collect £8.23, whatever it is. And it puts it straight into your business expenses to stack up and claim at the end of the year to maximise your profits. All of these smart features are things that business owners should be doing on a daily basis. But because they're having to think, oh, I've got to go into that tool. or oh, I can't remember the password, the login. They don't bother doing it. And they're leaving money on the table. And that isn't a smart way to run a, run a small business. I love that all the little things that you thought of to put in here. So tell us about your daughter's business. What what is it? so she's a lash artist a lash tech and she's working out of st albans and she has just literally recently trained as um, an academy instructor so she's now teaching other people to do what she did that she started six years ago and i couldn't be prouder of her she is literally going to be helping other people to do exactly what she began and have that freedom and that lifestyle that she has working for herself choosing her own hours choosing who she sees on her client base and just doing what she loves basically Is Megan as encouraging of others to be self-employed as you are? Absolutely. I mean, she can, it's like she's seen the light. She can see the freedom that she has. And it's almost sort of addictive to just share that in a secret with other people to enable them to have similar lifestyle. Because when something lights us up, the world needs more people shining their light because it's brighter for everyone on that basis. So she wants other people to travel in her footsteps to have that same freedom. My son is now starting to employ other electricians to be able to give them that same freedom of opportunity as he has got. And I think that they're all advocates to recognise that when you're working for yourself, you really are in your moment of glory and doing what you love every single day. Because if you're not, then you're in the place where you can change it. Absolutely. And I have no doubt that they're advocates of Pocket
0: PA to help them achieve success. Surely we'll I hope so. Yes, <laughs> I love it so you mentioned that she has dyscalculia and do you think people who might be potentially great
1: business owners are still put off if they perceive themselves as not having a business brain a hundred percent so people think oh it's not for me i i'm not super organized i don't understand numbers i haven't been shown how to do it i'd love to do it but i don't know how All of those barriers to entry where people lack confidence because we haven't given them the education at school for them to even have touched on it to think if it was possible for them. And because perhaps they have existing financial commitments which make them feel reticent about making that big step into self-employment and having the emphasis on them needing to earn money in order to put that roof over their heads. So, I'm a big believer in if you are working somewhere and you want to make that switch, the best transition, which is what I made Megan do, is to stay in your existing job, run your new plan and enterprise as a side hustle alongside your existing jobs where you've got that financial security. And I made Megan stay in her intern job at an events company until she had enough money to replace the money that she was earning on a day to day basis. And I knew that her stepping into that new role would enable her to replace that income and actually springboard it onto much greater things. Because people need that little hand holding that security blanket to to leave one job, an employed role on one day where you're earning money, a secure income, and you're working, you know, a fixed 37 or 40 hour week to suddenly transition into having that whole responsibility for earning money when you're just a new startup business. That's a huge pressure. And, you know, we don't want to set anyone else up to fail right from the get go. So a transition um, phase is a really good way to do that, to run it alongside your earned income basis job. And I also wanted to see for her, she was only 19 at the time. I didn't know if it was a phase or a hobby or just something that she was going through thinking, oh, it would be so lovely. I see people, you know, working for themselves. That sounds really glamorous because it can seem lovely, you know, this freedom business that it's portrayed on social media. But there is so much more to it. When you work by yourself, you are literally the front, stop the backstop the side buffers there often isn't someone in reserve to step in and deliver exactly what you're doing so it's really vital that you grow that confidence and you can see your way to where your clients are going to become coming from you get that practice in uh, delivering the service to really check and be sure that you like it and then when it's the right moment you can perhaps give your notice in and actually transition to go full-time because it is such a big step and we want to maximize the chances that you're going to be successful.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I think, as you quite rightly say, I think sometimes it's overlooked the financial cushion that you need to have in place before you make a leap. Some people are making a leap from one employed role to another employed role. That's an easier financial transition. But if you are thinking of starting a business, that really has to be taken seriously. So I couldn't agree more. You mentioned earlier that you have four children Have any others
1: of them been uh, inspired by you to be self-employed? So I think they all have ambitions to work for themselves at some point. My oldest son is in construction, but I'm sure he would love to pivot and move into having his own aspect in property or working in that whole construction industry more for himself at some point. He's on a great career trajectory at the moment, so it, it isn't appropriate for him. My youngest son, he's a self-employed electrician and he has dyslexia also and really struggles with those things. And when he uses Pocket PA, he uses a completely different set of features to what Megan uses. I call him my blue customer. Megan is my pink user. And they have such differing um, uses of Pocket PA. But that's great because they can cherry pick what they want and just take out what's needed for their business. And my youngest daughter, she's off travelling very shortly, but I can see that she will probably have her own business at some point. But at the moment, she's earning her spurs in the employed role, getting sales experience. But she would love to work for herself, I'm sure. She's got that freedom mindset and she's very creative and very hardworking. So I think that that will be a natural transition for her at some point when she finds what she's really passionate about. But at the moment, she's still super young and exploring what would really light her up and that she would want to focus her attention on. Fantastic.
0: On your Pocket PA website, you mention your values, one of which is simplicity. And that really resonated me. You say that you hate jargon. I think financial jargon can be a deterrent of perfectly smart people
1: of mastering their finances, for example. Do you feel the same about jargon used in the corporate world generally? Absolutely. I mean, I'm not a corporate person. But one of those impressions that I get is that people in corporate roles use a lot of jargon. And I'm not quite sure why they do it. I have a hunch and a theory, which is probably a bit misplaced. But I feel that they do it to marginalise and keep people out and and make people feel small that aren't in the in crowd that understand that jargon and it makes them seem more important than perhaps they are. So for me, I hate jargon with a passion when you use acronyms or sort of small uh, letters to replace what it really means. One of the biggest bugbears I had was when Megan used to speak to an accountant and they said, who are your debtors? And Megan said, oh, no, no, nobody, nobody. Um, I don't owe money to anyone. And I said, no, no, he's asking who owes you money. Well, why didn't he say that? And I said, yeah, because they have a different language to how we how we speak. So in Pocket PA, I have a button that says, who still owes me money? I mean, I could have put that one word debtors and confused the hell out of everyone. But having words that marginalise and make people feel on the outside of the circle is not inclusive. And that really annoys me. So, yeah, I'm a total jargon-free zone. And I feel that we should just say what it does on the tin and just be as simple and straightforward as possible, because it's not about making sure that we've got this at at the level of a five-year-old but there are eight million people in the uk eight million adults that only have the numeracy skills of a nine-year-old so we are massively doing a disservice to a huge proportion of our population making them feel smaller than they actually are And you do not need a maths degree in order to run a business. It's really important that business is not rocket science. You just need to be focusing on what's coming in, what's going out and what's the difference. We don't need to call it with all these fancy terms. You don't have to be able to read a really complicated cash flow forecast, understand what trial balances, accruals, all of those things that accountants use and that they put into the accountancy software packages. Those aren't necessary for you to be able to run a successful small business. I love it. And you mentioned colour coding? Absolutely. So a lot of creatives, a lot of regular people that don't have maths degrees um, connect a lot more with colour. And so when you link colour with numbers and that sort of thing and categories, it's much easier for people to process information. And that was one of the key things that I wanted in Pocket PA. We have a very visual net income dial, which tells you what your profit is. And we put everything going out in red, everything coming in in green. And it's just very quick and easy. You don't even need to actually see the numbers to see how well your business is doing and i say to megan make the red as small as possible the green as big as possible and you know you're doing well if it's half and half you're what's we call breaking even and there's going to be zero left for you in the middle because you've got as much going out as you have coming in and god forbid the red is bigger than the green then you've got a really expensive hobby going on and you need to know that sooner rather than later you do not want the accountant to be the first person to tell you that so Using that colour to feed back information of numbers is a really key way that I want to help Pocket PA users to understand their finances.
0: Simplicity is the right word for that, and I think that sounds fantastic. So one of the values that you mention is authenticity. You say that on the website you don't need everyone to like you. Do you think the desire to please can sometimes act as a bit of a break on progress? And I'm
1: going to ask a question with a bit of a focus on women more than men. Oh, I think so. I think. I mean, who doesn't want people to like us? I mean, that's just a natural insecurity that we all have that we want to be liked. That's a normal order of progression. That you know, we would rather be popular. But I think for somebody, I I certainly struggled at school. I wasn't in the popular camp. I moved schools 11 times. I had 11 different education challenges. So. I was always the new girl. So finding a best friend and fitting in with different friendships groups was always a challenge for me. And I think that that taught me a lot of resilience and to realise that you don't have to be super successful at friendship groups in order to be successful in business. It's made me incredibly resilient, very internally driven and focused and self-sufficient and independent but I think this day and age there are a lot more women that are amazing role models for that and I find that really inspiring because there is nothing that we can't do we are not less than and unfortunately the patriarchal and misogynistic world of the old days is still prevalent in some industries but I think that it's definitely we're breaking glass ceilings to be able to put our stamp on on the world and show that we're definitely as good as and the fact that we have motherhood as well in our uh, midst of bringing up families and children and those sorts of things that was a huge place where I learned a lot of my skill sets of prioritizing managing a household budget just I would like to say managing people but managing children is not quite the same as a workforce but we learn a huge amount of skills and I think they're underestimated how well they can serve us when we actually start working for ourselves and go back into the workforce so women are a force to be reckoned with and they are definitely not less than
0: absolutely and we haven't touched on transferable skills and you yes from from your life be it raising a family or anything else that might be happening in your personal life and all the different career sectors that you've been in how do those skills feature when you're thinking of the next thing do you
1: think about oh i can bring this to to the next venture i don't think i consciously think about it but i think you know in everything that we're doing, we are always building up competencies in in certain things. And when we feel competent at something, we then start to feel confident at at that sort of thing. But I, you know, I read the statistics where women don't go to a job interview because they see that perhaps they can't do 30 or 40% of the things on the list. Whereas a guy will look at that same job description and think, oh, I can do 20% of that, I'm going to apply. And women are so funny in that way that they don't necessarily rate themselves and back themselves in that same way way as men will go straight for it and and I love that about men that they are so confident and that they just put themselves out there but I think more women are starting to see that example and just thinking you know why not why not me and certainly when I began in software it didn't occur to me that there was such a small percentage of women in it I didn't even think about that as a barrier it was just why why can't I make that there's no reason why I can't I've brought up four children. That seemed to be the most hugest mountain for me to be able to do it. I had four kids under four and a new business, so it felt like there was nothing I could do. That there, there would sorry, do. there was nothing that I couldn't do. Yeah, absolutely. And so, why not me? Now, my next
0: comment is going to surprise our guests because you say that you're naturally an introvert at heart. So, and that you're training to be more sociable. Uh, the training is going well, I must say. So have you found that aspect of your personality to be something that you've had to consciously master or to grow your business?
1: Absolutely. So I have a lot of time on my own, particularly working on the software. I know that I can rely on myself and just, you know, I, I back myself 100%. So when it, it's hard for me to delegate, it's hard for me to trust other people and get those that relationship built up. And yeah, I think I am naturally a lone wolf type of person. So I do find social situations challenging. I think that's become more apparent since I've discovered my ASD diagnosis, why I find it difficult to read the room, socialising, those sorts of things. I'm not a natural social butterfly. I find connections and connecting difficult. I don't always pick up social cues, which seem very obvious to other people. So I lack confidence in that area. I'm much better on one-to-ones, but socialising has never been at the top of my list of things that light me up. It's fascinating to hear you speak
0: about it because having met you in a reasonably social environment, you know, you would never have guessed that you would have just said those words to me. So let's go back to your diagnosis. How has that helped you in your business? Or has it helped you in your business?
1: I think it's helped to unpack a lot of the patterns that I've gone into. And I think it's helped me feel more confident now to come from this place where I, I'm more accepting of myself I've always found the marketing aspect of anything and the sales side of things difficult to do. And I see now that that's because I can't always get the messaging correct. I don't like that natural connecting with people. And so I think I've been less hard on myself. And it's enabled me to now see that the areas that I have always thought of myself as weaknesses are just... You know, I know now where my zone of genius is and I'm now reaching out more easily to ask for help in those areas where I have shortcomings. So I'm taking on a sales team. I'm strategizing now more on the marketing aspects because whilst I do have to wear a lot of different hats as the CEO of Pocket PA, I've realized that I can't possibly be a genius at all of them. That would just be mad. And I've loved the journey up until now with pocket pa but i want to take it to the next level so in order for me to do that i don't want to hold it up by my own shortcomings and so i need to reach out and ask for that help and getting that diagnosis has enabled me to feel less hard on myself to say gosh you don't need to do everything yourself it's okay to ask for help and it's important that i do that absolutely i think that's really good advice for
0: everybody listening you can't be the the expert every single aspect of your business so don't be afraid to ask for help So could you paint a picture for me of what success and
1: financial stability means to you? So financial stability is knowing that I can meet the bills every single month, but because of my previous business that I did in property, I now have financial freedom to know that the money isn't my biggest driver, whereas previously it had been. So I think for me, success is about choice and freedom every single day. That is what gives me that feeling of being successful, that I wake up any morning and I can decide to spend 10 minutes or 10 hours on Pocket PA. I can choose where in the world I want to wake up and do that work. That's huge freedom for me um, in, in where I can live to do that. I don't ever have a meeting with anyone that I don't want to speak to, which makes me feel incredibly lucky. I'm not on anyone else's timeline and because i haven't taken investment with pocket pa i'm not answering to shareholders or investors on the direction of travel on giving any return on investment for pocket pa so it's really up to me how big or small i keep pocket pa and the direction of travel that's not to say that i don't have huge ambitions for it because i absolutely do i wouldn't be taking on a sales team if i didn't want it to grow but success for me is about choice and money as a currency enables me to buy those, those choices that I have and to buy back my time to decide what I want to do. I love that answer. Thank you. Do you have your eye on the next venture? Do you know what I do have some little side hustles that I think I'm certainly not jumping shit from pocket PA anytime soon but I have seen a few things that I've thought oh that would be really interesting that I'm going to do I think more as a hobby perhaps but I would like to be qualified in a couple of other things and when I find the time I'm going to dip my toe in and explore it a little bit more to see if it's something that I want to expand my horizons and to, and to explore a bit more yeah I love it.
0: Thank you for sharing so many insights to starting a business and switching careers. Um, I hear that you are launching a book later this year. Do you want to explain a little bit about what people can expect?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's something, it's a really great entry level for people to sort of work with me just to get some insights and tips from a book. I think it's a really great interface, but I'm wanting, it's sort of an alternative book. It's not your standard startup in business type thing. I wanted to really cover some alternative topics um, of the sort of, I think that there are four big areas in thinking about your business there's your mindset there's the finances side of it and then there's the planning and the action so i really wanted to split it into those sort of four big chapters and cover off things to do with your mindset things to give you an insight into whether you're ready for making that big step into self-employment so it's not your traditional starting up in business type book it's not sort of a theory of you need to do a b and c it's more of a thought provoking sort of step by step guide for you to go through those things to decide if it might be a good fit for you. Because being self employed is not for everyone. It's not just for the successful few, but it's not for everyone. And I think the book was really designed to be a thought-provoking chapters that enabled you to think, oh, that doesn't sound like that's the right fit for me. Or, oh my goodness, read on to the next chapter, sort of gallop through it. You know, you're just devouring it because it's everything that you want for, for how you see your future. So yeah, that's going to be coming out towards the end of the year. And I hope that people will enjoy having that as a snapshot of everything that I stand for really, and, and the advice that I might give to somebody in person if they worked with me. Fantastic. Thank you. And thank you for your
0: authenticity throughout, for being here. Um, You've been a fantastic guest and I'm sure our listeners have taken many key messages away from your experience. So thank you for sharing. Thank you, Dee. It's been a pleasure. So Caro, if people have been inspired by the things you've said, how can they get
1: in touch with you or how can they find out more about Pocket PA? Well, if they would like to have a look at Pocket PA on the website pocketpa.com, there is a 14-day free trial for everyone to test, run and see if Pocket PA is good for their business. Please don't register and then not use it because taking action is really vital if you're going to have a small business. So get it for free for 14 days and use it. If you want to reach out to me, I have an Instagram at Caro Sison or the Pocket PA Instagram is pocketpa.gb which has got lots of small little guides and info about Pocket PA and how to use it and sort of a small business community. So those are the two things. And then we also have one in Ukrainian, which um, we had translated this year. And so there is another account, that I'm pocketpa.gb. And then um, for the book, we'll be on Amazon. Fantastic. Thank you.
0: In this episode of The Switch, there have been so many lessons that we can learn from Caro's experience. I've got a summary of 11, no less. So you might want to take notes or save this episode for later so you can refer back to them. Here are the key learnings that will empower you to create a life you love and embark on a fulfilling career journey. Number one, life is not a dress rehearsal. The importance of enjoying what you do daily. Find something that lights you up, ignites your passion and brings authenticity to your work. Don't settle for a job you hate. It really is a waste of a precious life. Number two, know when to move on. Learn how to recognize when the spark fades and it's time to move on from a particular endeavor. Explore the importance of embracing change and thinking outside the box. Discover how your transferable skills can open new opportunities and lead you to a much more fulfilling path. Number three, lifelong learning and knowledge. Becoming a passionate lifelong learner, knowledge is power. Each step takes you closer to your end goal. Number four, connect to your why. Being connected to your purpose and understanding the deeper meaning behind your work, aligning your actions with your why can fuel your motivation and drive you towards success. Number five, providing a unique service. The importance of offering a service that sets you apart. Identifying and meeting unmet needs in the market can create opportunities for success. Number six, embracing setbacks and building resilience. Success is not always a linear journey. Setbacks and challenges are an integral part of an entrepreneurial path. Build resilience and bounce back stronger. Number seven, become an expert. The benefits of being overqualified and preparing for your role to the very best of your ability. Expertise can boost your credibility and open doors to new opportunities. Number eight, Pre-launch research and confidence. The importance of thorough pre-launch research, gathering knowledge and insights about your target audience, market trends and competition can create confidence and momentum for your business. Number nine, building a complementary team. The value of building a team around you that complements your strengths and your weaknesses. The benefits of collaboration and how surrounding yourself with the right people can really enhance your success. Number 10, create a financial cushion the importance of building a financial cushion before making a career change. Manage your finances effectively and create stability as you transition into a new venture. And finally, number 11, enjoy the journey. Curveballs are part of the journey and we encourage you to embrace them. Find joy in building your career and appreciate the ups and downs. These keys learnings are to empower you to take control of your career, embrace your passions and create a life of fulfillment and purpose. Is it time to ignite your inner fire and leap towards self-employment? At St James's Place Financial Advisor Academy, we agree with all these tips. And our process helps people to explore and to achieve them. If self-employment is something that's been on your mind, but you are unsure of what profession to get into or what type of business to start, perhaps financial advice could be for you. To find out more, visit our website at www.sjp.co.uk forward slash academy.